Okay, good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Bezrat Hashem, this week we'll be dealing with the sugya of bugs, tolaim, right? Uh, a very, very hot topic. Um, and although it's a very small topic, it's a huge topic. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we'll try and understand why there is such a distinction between different opinions. Uh, you know, this rabbi says you don't have to check, this rabbi says you do have to check different minagim in different communities, in different uh, countries. So we're going to try and make Seder of it. Um, okay, so let's start off with, uh, is there a Torah violation of eating a bug? So that is pretty clear, according to everybody, that there is a Torah violation. Not only is there a Torah violation if one was to eat uh, a different type of bug or insect, but it's not only one violation, it could be four or five or even six Torah violations. That means that if you have one spoonful of, uh, of uh, bug-infested food, right, you might be liable to 20 or 30 or, or, or 50 uh, sets of lashes, uh, according to, according to um, the strict letter of the law. Let's see. Uh, water insects on page uh, 239. The Torah tells me, Torah tells me that anything that doesn't have fins and scales is basically one of the creatures of the, uh, of the sea, and that would be a prohibition. It tells us explicitly, we're not allowed to eat them. Do not disgust your, make your souls repugnant by eating all of these, um, these bugs and insects, uh, etc. Um, the Torah in Dvarim says, now, the Poskin basically count four separate prohibitions from a water-based insect or non-kosher uh, fish. So that's, that's quite serious. You're going to eat an entire um, small sea insect. You would be violating four separate prohibitions. Now, whether you get four separate sets of lashes, that we'll discuss when the Sanhedrin comes. So it's not necessarily that practical at this point on how many korbanot you would have to bring if you did it b'shogeg. But the point is, it's, it's quite a serious violation. The uh, land insects, uh, you know, things that grow in the, uh, you find the worm in the apple, etc. What would that be? So here the Torah says also, The creepy crawlies in the land cannot be eaten. And it continues, You cannot eat them again. And Do not make your souls repugnant. Do not contaminate yourselves. Continually, the, the Torah over here is adding, uh, and the Poskim have counted, five separate Violations. So you eat, you find your, you eat an entire worm in your in your apple. That could be five complete uh, Torah violations. 
Now, it could be that actually a worm in an apple is actually okay, but we'll discuss that in a moment. Uh, but, but in theory, it's either five separate prohibitions if you ate the entire worm or, or zero, but we'll discuss that uh, further on. Um, finally, the, the, the Torah basically adds another prohibition when it comes to an insect that can fly. So if you had to eat a fly, um, you would be transgressing six separate Torah violations based on the psukim. I'm not going to read them, but, but basically that is the breakdown. Now, why did I say that it could be a worm when you bite into the apple? You're not over. Could be. Lamaisa, you are. But in theory, one, there are two exceptions to the rule. Exception to the rule is like this. Any, um, any uh, um, what's the word? Insect or bug in water that basically grew in the water and was never separated from the water, it could be that it's, it's not a prohibition. Okay? If it was never separated from the water, very difficult to, to actually distinguish what that is referring to. And Lamai said no one paskins it because we assume that everything, every insect that you're going to find doesn't fit into that category. A similar idea is regarding, let's say you find an insect that grows in a fruit after it has been removed, let's say if the apple has been picked from the tree and the insect grows from within the apple and never leaves it. Okay? It's not that it, it came in from, from the outside. It grew within the, within the fruit or within the vegetable. That also, Meikar Adin might not be considered Asheretz, Asheretz, Ala'aretz that the Torah is describing. Again, all the poskim pretty much today say, we don't rely on trying to work out this type of uh, insect, that type of insect. We assume we are talking about the prohibition, the, the insects that are prohibited to eat. And therefore, you're either dealing with a prohibition of four uh, sets of Torah violations, five sets of Torah violations, and, or six sets of Torah violations. So that, that's going to be our premise for today's shir. Um, and pretty much I've just said that for interest's sake. But halakha lamaisa, we never, we never even consider it practically that you know you can eat these type of bugs okay now the question is like this so everyone agrees if you you know if you you, you put a fly even a dead fly that doesn't make a difference if it's alive or dead these insects you put a dead fly on your teaspoon and you eat it First of all, you probably need psychiatric help, but right. But besides, for the everyone agrees. Okay, in that case, you you you're over, whatever six six lavins, six separate prohibitions. But that's not the case we're usually dealing with. I, most people are not interested in eating flies, right, or worms. They eat they interest they're interested in eating their salad, right. Now it happens to be that there's a worm on the piece of lettuce in the salad, and when I'm eating my salad. In, you know, in that whole mixture, there is a worm. What would be the din in that case? Now, clearly we said, if you, eat, if you take a worm and you want to eat it, that's a Torah violation of however many violations there are going to be. But if you're eating a salad and there's a worm in that, is that a Torah violation? What's the argument to say it's not a Torah violation? Okay, number one, it's shogeg, right? You're not intending to uh, do it, but you can still do a Torah violation by shogeg, right? 
Shogek just means that in terms of the punishment, okay, so instead of getting lashes, you have to bring a carbon. But, but it's still a Torah violation, right? Battle. Battle. You got a worm. You got a big plate of salad, right? So, Lichora, it's battle Bashishim, right? So, if it's battle Bashishim, we've been discussing the laws of Bittal throughout the, the, the previous Shirim. And anything that is battle Bashishim is, is, is Mutalecho, right? So, what's the problem? Even and dead. even if it's alive, and even if it's dead, really? what's the difference? Not ten times. Well, if you're going with time, it's probably not ten times lift gum. It's mm-hmm. not ten times lift gum. So you, you can't really argue with that, right? It's probably going to give a bad taste. When do you apply that principle? For example, sometimes you, you let's say a person sees in their kettle, right? You open up the kettle and you find that, a, that a, an insect flew in. Right? So you remove the insect. Can you, can you drink the water from the kettle? Can you still make your coffee? Ah, but it was cooked with treif, right? Mm. So even if you say that it's not battle bashishim, and I don't know, it was a big insect, right? It's not a problem. Why is it not a problem? Because that insect is giving a terrible taste to the water. It's not ten time lift gum, right? We assume. I mean, maybe if you're living in China, that it's going to... They think it's going to give a better taste. But in general, most people would say insects give a bad taste. And therefore, it's not a problem mitzah time. So if it's not a problem mitzah time, and it's probably battle b'shishim, I'm saying unless you've got a huge uh, cockroach in your salad, right? It's probably battle b'shishim. So what's the problem? So look at the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch, in Yoradea Sif, um, Siman Kuf, says as follows. Ktera shel marak. Shenafal sham birya v'neevda asur hakol. You've got a plate of a bowl of soup and a birya and a whole creature fell inside and now it's lost and you can't find it. Asur hakol, the entire pot of soup is prohibited. Why do we not have a principle of bitul? Was a little flour. And you've got a massive bowl, you know, pot of soup. It's clearly battle b'shishim. So what's the problem? The problem is the Shulchan Aruch calls it a birya. A birya is an entire creature. An entire creature means that if I were to have, let's say, even a piece of ham. Right? A piece of ham, I'm not eating an entire pig. I'm eating a piece of an animal. But I'm not eating an entire pig. When I eat an insect, why is it so more machmir than, uh, than, than everything else? Because I'm, enti- I'm eating an entire creature, right? And when you're eating an entire creature, how does that affect the principles of bitul? It's not battle. Afilu be'elef. Where do we learn that out from? The Gemara learns it out. Uh, the Gemara in Chulin, uh, we, we actually didn't bring it, but it's a whole din that the Gemara learns it out. But the question is, is it a din right or is it a din de Rabbanan? Well, that's what I'm trying oh, to figure out. It's, it's Lichora, it's a din de Rabbanan. Okay, Lichora, the principle of birya, a no batel, that an entire creature is not nullified, is a din de Rabbanan. Now that's very important. Right? The Taz says that explicitly, it's a din de Rabbanan, that a din of a birya in uh, Siman, uh, I think in Siman Kofi actually says it's a din de Rabbanan. That it's not Batel. 
Okay. So presumably, if you do, this is if you lose the insect inside the soup. Correct. You don't know where it is. Correct. And if you were to filter the soup afterwards. If you filter the soup, you could eat it. Right. Yes. Even though it has been ate while it was being cooked. Correct. Why? Because we assume that the insect gave off, even if it gave a flavor, even if there wasn't 60, not a problem. It gave off time leaf gum. And therefore, that's the case of, I've had this often in the, um, in the Shabbos urn. You, you open up the Shabbos urn and then you found that there were like ants in the urn, right? Mm. And you, you've been boiling your, your, the water. Now you've got, you've got, I don't know, 20, 30 ants. Can you, okay, so you can remove the ants. But can you use that water to, make, to have your coffee? Answer is yes, because it's not 10 times leaf gum. So as long as you're not eating the actual insect, it's not a problem of time. There's no problem of time, okay? Um, but here comes the problem. So we wanted to say, okay, I've got a salad bowl, and it's battle b'shushim, in theory. So midoraita is battle. Midorabanan, it's not battle. And it's prohibited for me to eat that salad until I check and get rid of the insects. Now, this is assuming that there's an insect there, correct? I saw the insect uh, 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 fall into my salad bowl. So now I can't say, ah, it's battle b'shishim. Can't do that. You have to basically check for the insect or, or, or don't eat the salad. But, but you can't just say it's battle b'shishim because we're talking about a birria. Okay? Now, just, this is also very important just because uh, for the future, uh, for the rest of the year, what is the definition of a birria? What is the definition of an entire creature? If you, let's take a fly, for example. What if the fly loses a, um, loses a wing, loses a leg? It's no longer called a birria. Now, why is that important? Let's say you have a fly that fell into your soup, right? And, or you, you, you were judging your, how do you say that in English? Um, judging. <laughs> when you're judging your, 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 um, your soup, Right, your mixture, you blend it with a blender and you've now mixed it all up. Now, the chances are if you've got any decent type of blender, right, any insect is not going to remain whole. So let's say now you're making, instead of a live salad, right, a raw salad, you've got, um, you've got a, uh, um, some type of broccoli type of um, kugel. Right? So, so now it's been cooked and it's been mushed and it's been everything together. What are the chances that it's remained a birria? Right? So that might be a different thing. So we're going to have to look at that as well. So what have, we, what have we learned up until now? We've learned that clearly eating an insect is a Torah violation. If you want to put it in a spoon, that's a Torah violation. Not only is it one, it's probably four, five or six Torah violations. If it fell into your salad... You cannot say, ah, oh, it's battle b'shishim. That might be on a Torah level, it's battle b'shishim. But midrabanan, it's a birya. It's a live, entire, not a live, it's an entire creature. And therefore, it is a problem to eat, right? That is assuming that we know that the bug's inside. We're going to have to discuss what happens if you don't know that the bug's inside, but there's a possibility that there's a bug is, is there. Okay, that's going to be the next question. Yeah. Not that, no, not that I'm an expert in making honey, but often in honey, especially bees honey, you, you let the whole thing settle in huge vats or whatever, and the bottom contains lots of insects or bits of insects or bits, maybe even yeah. whole insects. 
So why is the rest of the honey okay and just you throw away the rest? Beca- because when, when you get the honey, let's go back to your, your case of the soup, right? Yeah, we said filter. that once it's filtering, There's not, we're not worried about the flavor. The flavor is not a problem. The problem is eating the actual insect. The honey that they serve, I hope, I mean, I really hope that they filtered it and they've got all the, um, the, the bits of legs and things out. I'm, I'm sure that's how they do it, right? But if it wouldn't be, if it wouldn't be, okay, however they do it. And then, but the point is, if it wasn't, you wouldn't be able to eat just, you know, honey, if that would be the case. Unless, I imagine in a case of honey, you could actually, you, you know, you take a spoon, you could probably see if there's any right. bits of insects, right? Right. It wouldn't be lost. It wouldn't be lost because you can see it. So as long as you can see it, it's not a problem. You just separate whatever you can. Okay. So... Sorry, yes. on the point that the this we're saying this is Durabana. Mm-hmm. The, is there a practical ramification that is Durabana in that you could be makel in certain situations? Could be. Of uh, Well, we'll see, and that's part of the big machlokas amongst the poskin. Okay, it's part of the big machlokas amongst the poskin. Now, um, I've just said that it's clearly an isadurabana. Is it so pashot that it's clearly an isadurabana? I'll give you an example. If, if, I can notif- if I can see that there is a prohibition, do I call it a tarobet? Do I call it a mixture? When do I say the principle of battle b'shishim applies midoraita? When I have a tarobet. When the isur, when I have a mixture and the prohibition is not nikar, is not noticeable. However, if it is noticeable, is it so clear that I can say the principle of battle b'shishim? Perhaps not. When do I say battle b'shishim? When my milk fell into my meat and now it's all mixed up and I can't, the, the milk isn't, not, you know, there's no part of the cholent where I can notice the meat or that I can notice the, 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 the milk. But let's say I have pieces of, of treif, right? And, and uh, I've got 60 pieces of beef and I've got one piece of ham. And they're all in a mixture. And I can clearly see beef and ham don't look the same, right? So I can see the ham there. Would anyone say, ah, oh, but it's battle b'shishim? Clearly not. I can see the prohibition. You can see the prohibition. There's no bittle. So now this opens up literally a can of worms, right? To, 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 and that is like this. How do I define that it's not nikar? How do I define if something is noticeable or not noticeable? Now, most poskim, or let's say a lot of machmirim, would say like this. In theory, if I could, and I'm only talking if I could notify, if I could notice the insect, you cannot start telling me that it's, there's a principle of battle b'shishim, because I can notice it. So just like the piece of ham, I'm not going to say it's battle b'shishim and I can eat all of them. Mapitom. I can note, I, 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 the, the isur is nikar, the prohibition is noticeable, and therefore I have to remove it. So to have a, I've got a piece of lettuce. Okay, but the worm on the lettuce is noticeable. So you're going to tell me it's battle b'shishim? No. In which case, the prohibition now returns to an isur doraita. Okay? So that is... A lot of poskim say, we do, we're dealing with an Isidoraita, Safek Isidoraita, okay? Even if you don't know where the worm is there, 
if you did know that the worm was there, it wouldn't be battle. Not only on a rabbinic level, it wouldn't be battle because of the din of Biria, but even on a Torah level, it wouldn't be battle because of the prohibition, that, because of the, the, the principle that it's noticeable. What would the Mekilim say? The Mekilim would say, no, what does it mean noticeable? What does it mean noticeable? Okay, if, if I've got a plate and I've got 60 pieces of beef and one piece of ham, yeah, that's noticeable. Now, but if I've got a, a, I've got a, a bowl of salad, now, where, where's the worm? Is it, is it really noticeable? So here you're getting to a bit of a machlokes. Someone is saying that this is a machloket between the Rashba and the Ramba. That basically, according to the Rashba, this would not necessarily be considered noticeable, even though, arguably, if you had, you know, if you, if, if you took the piece of salad, of lettuce, and you looked at the worm, you could notice it. But in the whole salad, it's really not noticeable, and you have to deal quite, you have to work quite hard to find them, that might not be considered noticeable. If it's not considered noticeable, what are we back to? It's only an Isur? The Rabbanan. Okay, so this is a huge machloket between the poskim. I would say the majority of poskim, Ravai brings down in, in his uh, Sefer, Bidikat Mazon Kalacha, that he thinks uh, the majority of the poskim hold that Lechumra, that, uh, that it is an Isur uh, Doraita, that is considered an Isur Doraita, and, and, and obviously the Psak will follow accordingly. Uh, for example, in Rav Knoll's book, he holds that the assumption is it's an Isur Doraitan. The assumption is it's an Isur Doraitan, and the problem in that it's not battle is because of Iberia, which is a Din Doraitan. Right? Rav Eitam Henkin, Hashem uh, Yikom Dama, wrote a Sefer on, on Tolaim, where he goes into the Sirat, a long essay, he wants to try and be more makel, um, similar to Rav Knoll. Um, but I will say that the majority of poskim are machmir in this regard and, and assume that we're talking about uh, a problem uh, maybe on a, on a Torah level as well. Let's just uh, continue with the Rambam. The Rambam says in Yilchot Ma'achalot Asarot, Nemala Shechasera Afilo Achat Miraglia. So you've got an, an ant that's missing even one leg. You don't get lashes for it because it's no longer considered a birya. Rather, what is the prohibition now? Well, now you have to go according to the regular shear of Isur, which is a kazayit, and that would be a problem. However, if it was a, um, it wasn't a complete ant, this is the khumra, that you don't need to eat a shear of a kazayit. One ant you could get four, four different prohibitions, right? And if it's a fly, it would be six prohibitions. Okay. Um, says the Rambam, zvuv shalem, or shalem, if you ate an entire fly or a or, um, mosquito or flea or something like that, ben chai, ben mate, loke mishum You get lashes because of a flying insect. And whether you get six sets of lashes or, or, or one set of lashes, that, that we're not going to discuss today. Okay. Now that we've discussed that there could be a problem, what is the definition of an insect that we're dealing with? So the Shulchan Aruch says as follows. Any fruit which usually are, are generally infested when they are still connected to the... To the in the field, right? Because we said that if basically they become infested after, 
basically, Me'ikar Adin, if it grew within the plant, it's actually not, not Asr to eat. So we're talking about problematic insects, okay? Lo Yachel Ad Primi Tocho. So you cannot eat it until one, uh, one checks the fruit. Shema Yesh Botolat. Lest there might be a worm. Says the Mahani Bahem in Badakarov. It doesn't help to just check the majority. You have to check all of them because this is what's called in Halakha Mi'ut HaShachiach or more commonly known as Mi'ut HaMatsui a common, um, a common minority. So this uh, is actually another whole introduction that I have to give. The truth is that it's, it's dealt with in next week's year. But I'll, I'll just say it very briefly like this and we'll discuss it more in depth. Uh, next week. If, let's take, uh, for example, a fruit such as spinach. Let's assume the majority of spinach are infested. Midoraita, you cannot eat the, that spinach until you check that there are no uh, worms or whatever bugs in that spinach. That is a rob. If the majority of spinach are infested, it's prohibited to eat it. Midoraita until checked. Okay, then there's a second category. We're now in the minority. The minority um, we is split into two. There's something called a miut hamatsui. So, um, if there is a, a minority of a minority, midoraita, you don't need to check, you can eat it. But here say the rabbis, it depends. If it's a minority, a miut hamatsui, a common minority, then rabbinically you are obligated to check. If it's less than a common minority, then even rabbinically you don't have to check. For example, banana. No one says you have to check a banana before eating. Right? There might be a case where there might be, I don't know, a worm gets into a banana, but it's so uncommon Right? It's not even what's called a miut hamatsui. It's, it's, it's a miut she'enomatsui. It's a minority that's so uncommon, you don't have to check your banana. What is miut hamatsui? A common minority that you are obligated to check, as we said, midrabanan. So I'm going to discuss that more in depth next week. We're going to go with the opinion of the Mishkanot Yaakov for today, and that is 10%. Assuming that that's the opinion of the Mishkanot Yaakov, 10%, okay? Anything that basically, if you have a bunch of spinach, and every 10th spinach is going to have uh, worms, that means that you cannot eat any spinach until, uh, or maybe spinach isn't a good example. Let's take dates, right? One in 10 dates is going to have a worm, so you have to check all 10 dates before you can eat them because that's called the miyotamatsui. Although midoraita, you might not have had to check. Midorabanan, you have to check. So that's what the Ramah and the Shulchan Aruch are telling us that even a miyotamatsui, you're obligated to check. And as, uh, as I mentioned, that is a din de Rabbanan. Now says Aruch HaShulchan, Yesh Misha Katav B'Shem Chachmei HaTeba Tamistakel B'Shuchit HaMegadelet Shekorin whatever that's called, microscope, so if you see, if you look in vinegar, apparently there are going to be lots of worms. Now according to our Masorah, we don't have to worry about vinegar. It's not considered uh, something that you have to check. 
right? <clears throat> um, so he says like this. Uh, let's just skip because uh, I, I want to. Um, so so he goes on and says, well, and, and I've heard that you know if you look in the microscope, even water has many bugs, right? So how do we drink water? And he says, even air. Apparently, there's bugs in the air. So how do you how do you breathe? Ella. So he says like this. The Torah never prohibited anything that the naked eye cannot see. The Torah was never given to angels. Even air, we won't be able to breathe. You know, we should all wear masks, not because of coronavirus, but because of all the other insects. So basically, says the Aruch HaShulchan, and this is accepted pretty much by everyone, that if it cannot be seen by the naked eye, you don't have to worry about. But now look at the last line of the Arucha Shulchan. Om nam. If the eye can see it, afilu neged ashemesh, even only, you know, if in very good light, let's say, uh, you know, you have to put it up against the sun, even if it's, you know, the, the, the smallest of the small, but your, your eye can see it, that's considered a share of gamma. So the Aruch so HaShulchan says like this, if, your eye, if the naked eye can't see it, don't worry about it. But if the regular eye right, can see it, we're in trouble. Now look at the, the, the Rav Ovad Yosef. Rav Ovad Yosef was asked the same trailer about them. And he says like this, Hadavar Barur, Anything that the Torah prohibited and we need to check for it has to be that we can check with our natural uh, capabilities I know no uh, microscopes you can only see with your eyes and judge with your with what you can see therefore if they cannot be seen by the naked eye at all and there's no problem at all Yes. There's a whole issue in New York. New York, yes. So, what's the issue in New York? The issue in New York about the water in New York is as follows. But if you were to take a cup of water, right? And you hold it up, you could apparently see these white, I think they're called um, aphids, right? Um, apparently you can see them. And you might have to have good eyes and you might need to be, know what you're looking for, but basically you can see. You can see. You, you won't necessarily be able to see that they are bugs. Right? You're not going to see their legs and you know, they're there. But you, you'll be able to see dots. You, you'll be able to see something. So the question is, is that a problem or not? Right? So, so we'll, we'll discuss next week why the, there are people that are makel, such as Rav Willig and others that are makel, but that's in the, the question of miyotamatsu. We said that it has to be a certain amount that is found in order for it to be a problem. So next week, Be'ezrat Hashem, remind me and we'll discuss the New York uh, filtered water um, conundrum. Okay, let's see Sefer HaKashrut. Sefer HaKashrut is generally a Sefer written... Um, he generally takes a more a stringent approach, 
And he says it's like this. Koshi Beriya, difficulty in seeing Hanovea Mechamata Reka, because it's against a, a difficult backdrop. Let's say you've got a dark green uh, spinach leaf. So it's, it's quite difficult to see because the, back, the backdrop is, is not so, um, it's, it's not easy to recognize the worm because it's got a similar color, for example, to the leaf, etc. Or the shape of the worm is it's, it's very well disguised. You know, it's got a good camouflage. Says, says, uh, says the Sefer Akashrut, that's not a reason to be lenient. What is a reason to be lenient that we've seen? That the eye cannot see it. But if the eye can see it, it's just difficult. It's a problem. Now, what does it mean the eye can see it? Says him, he says in the footnote, A white worm in flower. Now, obviously, that's obviously very difficult because you, it's white on white, right? Zvuvin yarok ala and a, a green type of worm on the, on the lettuce, etc. Vagaon Rav Moshe Vai besifro bedikata mazon kalacha. That's the sefer that I've got here. He was really the expert in this field who really did the most research and, and pretty much he was the authoritative book, but he came out very machmir. And, and after his book, a lot of people wrote kind of um, responses. That were, that, that were slightly more lenient. But, but he's, he brings as follows. If you are able to recognize it, even though it, caused, it, it might obligate one to put in a lot of uh, work to try and effort to find these bugs, you have to do it. And if you can't, you know, if you're not prepared to put in the effort, then you can't eat that mixture. Now, again, this comes back to our question. If it's not noticeable, not, you know, okay, if you, if you cut it up, etc., you'll find it. But generally, it's not noticeable to the, to the naked eye without a lot of effort. Can we say that that's battle, b'shishim midoraita, or not? Now, Eliashi Paskin's not. That's, not con- that's considered nika. The fact that you have to work hard to find it doesn't mean that it's not nika. Right? Um, Similarly, if you have a worm that looks like a, a dot, but when you put a microscope to it, you put, you put a... Um, a magnifying glass to it, you'll see that it's a bug. That's called asur. Ayrav Eliashiv says, you just have to be able to, what does it mean that it's noticeable to the naked eye? What's noticeable to the naked eye is that you can see a dot. You don't know what that dot is, but if you look with a magnifying glass, you'll work out that that's actually a bug. That says Rav Eliashiv is considered nikah, that is a problem. That's considered the naked eye. Even if it just looks like a dot. And an expert tells us that it is a worm. And one, one should point out. Let's say I've got bad eyesight. I can't work it out. But my friend's got good eyesight. 
We don't go according to my standard of seeing. Right? You go according to, even if someone's got good eyes that can see it, it's a problem. Okay. Um, now, the truth is that it, it does seem to be that within Shittat Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, there seems to be a contradiction. Um, here he says very clearly that Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach said, you know, if you can see it as a black dot, it's a problem. Um, I have heard that in other places, Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach says, no, you actually have to be noticed that it's a, uh, that it's a bug. It's not good enough. Um, I think it's said that he actually changed his mind and that's the uh, and he retracted his leniency to begin with and that is why um, is, that is why some people quote him as saying that but he retracted it okay that, that's clearly how Ravai uh, understands his issue okay so, so that means that like a hundred years ago everybody was over on on eating bugs why do you say that? they didn't check uh uh, it didn't check uh, the, the lettuce okay. like that. So, so we're checking it today. Correct. So, so if you look at source number six, uh, the footnote number six, we actually deal with this. Um, why is it that, you know, this seems to be a pretty uh, new phenomenon? So, first of all, he brings certain sources where, where to say that it uh, actually, they, they, they did worry about it. But it could be that there's, there, you know, the, the way uh, produce is produced today and the levels of infestation that we have today, I, the whole of agriculture has changed. So it could be that what it was applicable 100 years ago doesn't apply today. You know, the, the, the nature of, of wheat today, wheat that we have today is not the wheat that we had 100 years ago. That's clear. Right? And everything, everything has changed. Right? We, we are, and also, because things are exported in mass, so you also have, you know, also the bugs are imported. So uh, we, we have a lot of these uh, problems that perhaps um, we don't have from yesterday. That is one of the tainas. Why are people so machmer today? Where, where, where does this come from? Um, so Ravai actually writes a whole essay where he, on the one hand, proves that it was a problem even in those days. And he also says that today, with new agriculture and mass production and mass exports and import, the, the problems have arisen. Um, okay. Says, says the Sefer HaKashrut, Machal lin koto, often muchlat. Let's say you have a, something that it's difficult to clean it properly. And now it is checked in the best way possible. Mutar mikol chashash. You've done your check. Can you now go, he says, what, so what can you do? You can blend it. And what's the logic of that? Oh, once it's blended, right? It's no longer a birria. It's no longer a. Um, it's no longer a full creature. We assume if you've got a, a, any decent type of blender, and then it definitely will be battle bashishim, right? According to everybody, what is the problem by doing that? The problem is, could that be an isur of ein mevatlin isur lechatchila? We have a principle, right? You cannot say, look. If I add one teaspoon of milk into my cholent, it will be battle bashishim. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add a, a, a teaspoon of milk into my cholent. Obviously, that's prohibited. We never say that, you know, you can add a, a spoonful of milk into your cholent. Ah, but it's going to be battle bashishim. If the f- milk fell into your cholent, so then we say, post facto, okay, it's battle. But... 
There's this whole siman in Shulchan Aruch, siman peitet, if I'm not mistaken, tzaditet, uh, tzaditet, um, that says that ein mevatlin isu lechatchila. You cannot nullify a prohibition lechatchila. Uh, can't plan it. So here says the Sefer Akashut, it's not considered considered as meaning bevatel isu lechatchila. Why? Because first of all, you did the check, right? So because you did the check, maybe you fulfilled your obligation according to the Doraita and you've, you could actually eat it. Maybe even Midrabanan you could eat it. It's just that we don't want you to eat it because maybe you didn't find everything, so therefore it's not a problem. Second of all, second of all there could be another reason to be Michael. Maybe I want it blended. So I'm not doing it to, blend, to, to get rid of the Isur. I'm doing it to, because I want, I want raspberry juice. I, I want to have it blended. So look in the, the, the source over there. Says says the um, says the Sefer Akashot. Can it be a gaon Rav Moshe Vai? Sheshama me'agon Rav Eliashiv me'agon Rav Shlomo Zalm Rav Shmuel Bozna v'chein Rav mi Rebbe Benzion Abishal sheyerek shekashelin koto. A vegetable that is pro, is difficult to clean it. Kegon Petrazilia, such as Petrazilia. How do I translate Petrazilia? Parsley. You've already cleaned it and soaked it, etc. Barak's um, are fake. It's only a question whether there are bugs left. In such a case, mutar no beblenda. In such a case, it would be permitted. He says you can even cut it very funny because that would also probably get rid of a leg or two from a, a, um, an insect if there was any of there. Right? right, so basically it has to be smaller than the pieces of an actual, than the actual size of a bag, and therefore you have to do it with a blender. Okay. Similarly, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach says you can do this with broccoli, right? You can clean out the broccoli, and then you can um, basically blend it uh, with a blender, and that would get, be getting rid of the problem. Uh, I'm not sure I understand the issue but you've checked it you've so checked it but we are not we, we, we say that it's too hard to actually check it properly there's certain there's certain vegetables how do we know that? huh? how, how do you how would you know that? Still they're, they're, they're doing it based on based on their research they say mm-hmm. this now, you know even if you put it through your um, through so, your, your soap or whatever it is there's a good chance that there's still going to be bugs. It's very difficult to check spinach and broccoli and all these things. So what do they say? If you've checked it, and now it's got only a din of a suffolk, right? And because it's a suffolk, and now what is the problem over here? The problem that it's probably a suffolk de Rabbana. Why would it be a suffolk de Rabbana? Well, if we say that it's not nikar, right? And we're talking about that it's a, So the problem over here is it's a birya. So it's a suffix the Rabbanan, right? And because you've checked it already, so it could be that according to everybody, it's only a suffix the Rabbanan, right? And because of that, all of these Gadolin say you can definitely blend it. Okay, we've got 15 minutes left and we have quite a lot to do, so I'm just going to do it very quickly. Um, can yes. you take a fly out of your wine on we're going to get there. We're going to get to today's share. We meant to get to separating on Shabbos as well. Okay, so let's quickly check children. Can children? Can we ask our children to check for for insects? Right, get them in the kitchen 
Erev Pesach, they, the giants, check in the letters. Is that okay? Says the Shutari Vash. If someone says that your food has become impure for whatever reason, he's believed. Says Rivash, we have a principle in Halakha that you don't need two witnesses to say something is mutar or asur. You just need one witness. And then he says, but a, a mana, a kid, is not believed to make something prohibited. Let's say I have fruit that are pure. And now a kid comes along and says, I'm living in the towns of the Beit Amigdal, and a kid comes along and says, someone that was a Zav came and touched this, uh, the fruit and has impurified all of your fruit. Says Arivash, you don't have to believe the kid. When we said, we're talking about a God, or we're not talking about a Katan. So based on that... What does the Ramah say? In Yeradea Kuf Chaf Zayin, Katan ain't lo din eid liot neiman bisurin. We see that a Katan hasn't got a din of a witness. Now, so, so, so over here it's working against us, right? The Rivash was talking lakula, that it's not going to mess up our fruit. On the other hand, if we have a chiv to check this fruit and you're getting your kids to do it and the under bar mitzvah and bar mitzvah, it's not going to help, says Ramah. However, then he makes a distinction. If a kid is an expert in the field, and there is a reason to believe him, so now he says like this, to be machmir, if a kid says, you know, I saw the worm, you got to be machmir. But now, if he says regarding something where it was only an Isur de Rabbana, and it's not that, it's clear that the Isur was there. I'm not talking about a case where I know that this, these vegetables are infested, right? Kegon bedikat chametz, such as chametz, right? Can a child check bedikat chametz? Ne'eman, de'imninu Rabbanan berabbanan. The Chachamim believed a kid on when it's only an Isur de Rabbanan, but if I know that the prohibition was there, we don't believe him. Says the Shulchan Aruch, similar idea in Orachaim, So we know that wasn't checked, and now a woman or a kid come and tell us that they checked. They are believed. But this has to be a kid that, you know, has enough seichel, he's mature enough that we can rely on his checking. Says the Mishnah Bura, And if they said they checked, you don't have to go back and check. However, it's not right to tell these people to check. Because this has got a lot of uh, effort involved, and we worry that they might become lax. So, so what does that mean? That means that basically, when it comes to a drabanan, we rely on them, unless there's got to be a lot of, um, there's a lot of worry involved. What about, now the Mishnah seem to imply also regarding women. So just skip to woman, and we'll do the Aruch HaShulchan, because it's very important, the Aruch HaShulchan. He says like this, I'm just, skip to the third paragraph, Uvayikara Davar, 
Regarding the main issue, Ani Tamer, I am in wonder. How can we say that women are going to be lenient just because it's a lot of effort? He says the opposite. Sorry, I, I wanted to skip, uh, I skipped it. Um, yeah, sorry, go back to the, the previous, uh, previous paragraph. Uh, towards the end, it says three dots, and then there's vod katav echad min agadolim. Got it? Vod katav echad min agadolim. The ata hachush meid. Now our, our sense, our common sense tells us sheyesh yoter lismoch al bedikat nashim. We should rather rely on women shemayenot arbe yoter meanashim, and they are actually more punctilious regarding checking than men shenechpazim latzeit leesek that they just want to go to work. Right? And then he says at the end that if it's cooked for you, definitely you can rely on them. But to check live vegetables, he says you've got to be machmer yourself. So he's, he's quoting over here, if I'm not mistaken, um, this was the, who was it? I think it was the Kratio the, Plati. The Kratio Plati was actually Mahmoud. But he says that we see that women are more, more, more makele, that you're more punctilious about their checking. And that's how the Aruch HaShulchan basically, he says in the last uh, uh, Barur, that women are more makped than men. He says the only time women might know you can't rely on women is something that they don't, it's not common, like, you know, fish, to discuss if something is, is, is a kosher fish or not. It's not something that they, they are on a daily basis, are experts in. But something like bugs, etc., etc., he says, women know better than men, and obviously you can rely on them, and Adarabah, uh, all the Gadoilim rely on their wives, and that is the, the more correct, you know, that, that's what should be done. Um, okay, so we, we're going to deal with that, and so we, we dealt with that. Just uh, very quickly, when it comes to non from non uh, Jews, uh, both, both. non from Jews and Shabbos. We'll do them uh, very briefly. non from Jews. So we have a klal in, in, in Halacha. says the Shulchan Aruch. Mishu, um, so page 250. Kuf So a guy is known that he breaks a certain prohibition. We're not talking about Avod or Mechalel Shabbos, because Mechalel Shabbos, then, you know, then he, he kind of loses all um, credibility. But let's say he doesn't eat kosher. He is believed regarding other Yisurim. That means that a guy doesn't, uh, doesn't eat kosher. We can believe him regarding other things. Can we believe him about kashrut? A non-from butcher, could you believe him with kashrut? That's the oh, best so best says, best. says, oh, Neman Bashari, that means yeah. that we don't believe him regarding the prohibition that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't keep. So if a guy is a, uh, a guy is a, a ganif, so we're not going to believe him regarding monetary issues or anything that's got to do with any monetary issues, we can't believe him because, you know, that, that's, that's his weak spot, right? But if he's a Ganev, we can't believe him about Kashrut, right? If he doesn't keep kosher, maybe we can believe him regarding 
is, 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 is monetary issues, right? Unless they connect it, unless they connect it. No, so the, 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 the Shulchan Aruch is saying they're not. They're not. I, a, a person can have Yerat regarding one mitzvah and not Yerat regarding another mitzvah. There's certain mitzvot that are, if you don't have them, it's a problem. Right? It, it, it lose, you lose credibility completely. But regarding specific Averot, say, look, God's got a tiger for that Averot, whatever it is. Right? So now it says, Now, He's not believed regarding his own food. Let's say he doesn't keep kosher. He's not believed regarding his own food. But for other people, neman afilo davar lomar mutaru. It sounds like it's, he's saying it's permitted even for other people. That means the guy, the guy himself doesn't keep kosher. And then I see him eating a hamburger. I say, listen, it's treif. What are you doing? He says, no, it's kosher. Can't believe it. But if he says to me, you eat the hamburger, don't worry, it's kosher. According to the strict level of, uh, 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 strict level of the law of the Shulchan Aruch, I could probably rely on it. Now, there's a complicated truva of the Igroth Moshe, but basically, it's not so passionate. If a person consistently does Averas, then even for other people, it's not going to be permitted to rely on him. And that's what basically Sefer Akashot says, Goy enon eman abadikat mazon mitolaim, obviously a non-Jew, if you have a Jew that is not concerned about the prohibition of bags, or Misha and Oshomer Torah Mitzvot, or a person in general doesn't keep Torah Mitzvot, so obviously he's not concerned about the prohibition, so he cannot be your Mashkiach. So now this comes to a question. You, you, you go to a person for, for, for lunch, right? And they're not Macbeth on, on checking. So can you eat the food? Right? The salad or whatever it is. Now, there might be a difference between eating the food that has the kugel, right, that has been cooked, and therefore, what's the din? We said, well, we'll discuss it more next week, this din of the kugel, because now it's impossible to check. Everything's been blended up. It should have been checked beforehand. But now that it's been cooked, is there a problem of, 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 of eating it? Or not, so that we'll, we'll discuss uh, next week. We'll go further into the whole dinim of Mio Tamatsu, etc. Last uh, issue about Shabbos. Lamai said, We said like this. What's the problem of, of Shabbos? The problem over here is Melechet Borer, that you're separating. So it depends how big the, the, the insect is. If it's a very big insect, it's not considered a tire of it, it's not considered a mixture, so you're not doing any Borer. Right? If it's a smaller insect, then you should take it with some of the food. Lamaise, if a fly falls into your wine, you take a teaspoon together with a bit of wine, you're not over on Boren, and uh, also there could be issues of muksa if you're just moving the thing, so that's the best way to do it. And that way you would uh, you'd get around all the problems. Okay, yeah. Um, a problem that I found coming in Israel, you go into uh, a, store, a, a restaurant, or you go into a cafe, or even in a shopping mall, you come across, they're selling something, and yet you have a two-down hatcher, and they say, no, but it's kosher. Right? So what you're saying is you can't rely on Correct. them. Right? Okay, that's Correct. Okay. There's another reason why you can't rely on them. Because there it's got a monetary issue. Ah, because there there's a monetary issue, so you definitely... It's even though be they a, say you can eat it. Right. It's because it's, it's in their vested interest that you're, you're their customer.
And I can't get my Filipino to check my letters. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs>